what's up? It's Brent from Burgundy Blog. You can follow me on Twitter at Burgundy Blog. It's currently Wednesday evening, December 27th, 2023, 8 p.m. hour, Eastern Standard Time. You can possibly tell that my voice is a little jacked up because I'm in the process of recovering from Christmas COVID. But hey, we're in the regular season, so the show must go on. Three days ago, your commanders lost in New Jersey to the Jets 30-28 to on Christmas Eve, dropping their record to an even more hideous 4-11. and That, of course, is exactly what we needed to happen to preserve our currently magnificent draft position. But what we did not need to happen was the utter destruction of Sam Howell's psyche and possibly the end of his starting career in Washington. All right, needless to say, I wanted and needed the Commanders to lose this game. So ultimately, this was probably my favorite game of the year. I mean, to watch it, to experience it. I just really found it super rewarding and gratifying. In the first half, as the Commanders gave up 27 points to the utterly hapless Jets and borderline NFL player Trevor Simeon, that was just indulgent. That was like candy for me. I was just munching popcorn, crushing some Christmas brews, really just enjoying myself. Second half, record scratch, everything changes. Commanders start figuring out how to play football. This, of course, coincides directly with the replacement of Sam Howell by Jacoby Brissett, who apparently in the year 2023 can do nothing but lead touchdown drives. So Jacoby, of course, brings them all the way back, erases the deficit, one-point lead. Now I'm in utter shambles. I was furious, livid. This is high, very intense drama that, frankly, I can only look back on in hindsight with fondness because, of course, we know that the end result was a miraculous, stone-cold 54-yard field goal by Greg Zerline to win it for the Jets with like five seconds left. God bless Greg the leg. You know, as this game was winding down, my family is yelling at me because we're late for church. I'm very annoyed because at like 3.30 p.m., I had been thinking that I wasn't even going to need to be tuned in to the fourth quarter. But I'm putting my coat on, grabbing my keys, I'm getting pulled out the door. Zerline hits that kick. Boom. Euphoria. Commanders lose. I don't think it's hyperbole to say that that was the happiest and most excited I had been at any point in any Commanders game this entire year. No exceptions. So thank you, Greg. Thank you, Trevor. And thank you to all the Commanders defenders who ignored Brees Hall on his long touchdown run. A few quick game-related things before I get to the quarterbacks. Chris Rodriguez, of course, scored twice and generally looked really, really good before he got hurt. That continues a pattern for him. It was a slow start to his rookie season without a lot of opportunities, but he came on over the last month, and I think there's a big role for him on this team in the future, at the very least as a backup running back, but. I'm not sure that he isn't the best back on this team as a pure runner. Um, Sam Cosme, after switching from tackle to right guard full-time this year, he's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle because the offensive line overall has been so maligned. But he was good, and he's been good. It's been a, been a pretty impressive year for him. I think he makes at least one solid building block for the O-line going forward. 
pretty much everything else needs to be redone. Wiley and Gates were just tragic signings. The tandem of Paul and Charles at left guard has not been good enough. And I think Leno has run his course. On defense, some props to James Smith-Williams, old JS Dub. After returning from injury, listen, he wasn't flashy, didn't do anything super spectacular. He's no Montez Sweat, he's not even Chase Young, but he's kind of a dude. Um, he did some things, he affected Trevor Simeon. He gets in the backfield, he's a legitimate professional. Benny St. Juice, unfortunately, had several more penalties and bad plays before exiting with a concussion. Maybe his extreme regression this year can be attributed to poor coaching, but I don't know, that's been very unfortunate. I don't think we can count on him as part of the future. Lastly, this might surprise you a little. Forbes, when he came in after St. Juice got hurt, did not totally suck and actually in limited action these last couple of weeks hasn't looked that bad. Now, the fact that he didn't start and, and didn't play, in fact, until the second half, that to me is a huge indictment. And I still feel that that, that indicates that the coaches are aware of some ma- major flaw with him beyond just the inconsistency we've seen on the field. I mean, I'm, I'm not clear on it either. But him not playing in the first half of this utterly meaningless game, which I kind of doubt was injury-related since he did come in in relief of St. Juice. I mean, they're broadcasting to us that he is defective. However, I can only call it like I see it. He doesn't look that horrible these last couple of weeks, so I don't know. All right, Howell, of course, before getting pulled, was atrocious. The two interceptions, oddly enough, you know, really weren't even primarily his fault. Those were mostly due to a drop and a slip. But he looked so bad. His accuracy otherwise looked poor. His decision-making seemed erratic. His presence and his movement in the pocket, whereas in the beginning of the season, it just kind of seemed like he was flat out holding the ball too long. Now it's like he's got happy feet, he's jumping around, he's seemingly feeling pressure that isn't there. He seems rushed, he can't make up his mind. And sometimes you can just feel that indecision is causing terrible passes. His QB rating was 1. 1.7. Yes, QB rating, that's the one that goes up to like 150 or something. I've never seen a one. So this cat, after, you know, two months into the season, looking like the sky is the limit. I mean, in several games, including against the Eagles twice, the guy just looked like a killer. Lots of big plays, lots of clutch plays. This guy has swung in a matter of weeks to looking like Heath Schuler. Maybe. All I can think is that it just has to be multifactorial. I think... First of all, maybe he had been playing a little bit above his head. Probably all the hits and sacks from the first couple months of the season have started to add up. Certainly he's faced some better defenses, and now they've got a little bit more film on him to use. But dude, the offense has not made his life any easier. His receivers and tight ends are dropping everything. His coordinator won't call a running play or a play action. To me, he just never seems to have an easy move. Okay, I'm exaggerating slightly, but not enough. Not enough easy wins. Too much has been asked of him, and uh, I think he would have had to been—he would have had to have been Joe Burrow to pick it all up and to execute this. And Joe Burrow, he is not. I think he spent most of the season feeling like he had to be superlative. He had to be more than than what he is in order for the team to have a chance, because the defense is so pathetic, and because the protection is spotty. And he noticed along the way that. The only times the team was getting 
chunk gains and splash plays was when he was improvising or going off script or just like in survival mode. And so gradually, the successful called plays basically dried up and he started pressing so hard that all of his created plays disappeared too. And uh, you're left with just a totally non-functional quarterback. So Brissett comes in, goes off again, three more touchdown drives, unbelievable. I do not think that this is representative of who he is. I mean, I think he's a good player, certainly at this point in time. He's a better quarterback and, and is going to be a more, more functional and productive quarterback than Howell, but he's not a pro bowler. There's a reason why he had to take a job as a backup. But yeah, of course, him looking awesome twice in a row in relief does Howell no favors. It basically makes everyone say, well, what the hell is wrong with the other guy? And uh, I don't really know. I mean, experience, obviously a big factor. Maybe his size and height a factor. Probably the fact that both of these recent times he's entered with a big deficit and therefore to some degree feeling a little bit less like he had something to lose. My gut, though, says that this is mostly distortion from very small sample size. Anyway, Rivera came out this morning and said, Brissette gets the start against San Fran. So what does it all mean? I think as a blogger, podcaster, bro, I'm supposed to have an incredibly strong and convicted take on this. But regrettably, I can't quite muster one. First of all, I am a little bit, actually more than a little bit, I am overwhelmingly apathetic about it at this point. I mean, the season went to hell in a handbasket. And it started that descent at this point, six or seven weeks ago. And I guess, I mean, I think I can... I remember feeling, feeling that starting. Of course, we wouldn't know that it would just go straight down, 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 down. Anyway, this season is just so washed. I think we're so over it. Obviously, the only remaining importance of the last two games is that we have to lose to preserve the draft position. So I'm sorry, but I, I guess my main sort of prevailing thought on this quarterback conundrum is that it just doesn't really matter too much. I mean, it is a crying shame that we won't get these other two games against good defenses to see what Hal can do. Certainly, ideally, you would want that. You would want a little more information, and, and you would want for him to have these two more opportunities to, to look good, to do something right, to wash out the bad taste. You'd like for him to have two more chances to get back on track so that his personal offseason doesn't look so negative and so gloomy. But I have to acknowledge that he's, he's not just looked bad or off. He's looked so bad. He really does look broken. So although I think maybe the idea that he's, he, he's like in, in physical harm's way, that, that's probably a little overstated. I mean, he's a very tough guy. He's been through the ringer already. I wouldn't be so worried about physical damage, but I think things have gone so wrong for him that it's possible that the coaches know or fear, regardless, of course, of our very low trust in them right now, but it's possible that they rightly fear that his playing this weekend is only likely to reinforce very bad habits or only very likely to further damage his confidence. And if indeed that seems overwhelmingly true, then, uh, then I get it. I mean, you can't, you can't trot him out there. The problem is that just really sucks. Like if he's to that point where they think that simply playing a game against a good team is going to damage him even further for the future, that is, to some degree, confirmation that he's not exactly that dude. I mean, it's not proof. Some good quarterbacks have been benched in their first or second seasons. Kirk Cousins among them. 
It's not proof that Howell will never amount to anything. But for a guy who was touted all season, I mean, arguably his top best trait throughout the year, according to coaches and media, was his unflappability, right? His ability to not be phased and not be changed by adversity. And now his coach, who has been his biggest supporter, is saying that uh, he's benching him because he thinks Sam might get worse through adversity. So, so much for that. So, in conclusion, the whole thing just absolutely sucks. There's probably some parallel universe where Hal keeps the momentum going, doesn't get blown out of the water on Thanksgiving by the Cowboys. The pick sixes never happen, and like Logan Thomas and John Bates catch some catchable balls, and his season ends on a high note. I think that was always within the realm of possibility, but it went awry, and he short-circuited. And now, even though I think the ceiling is still there, you absolutely cannot bank on him, at least for next year, as your top option for QB1. It is so unbelievably important that they lose out. They got to lose to the Niners. They got to lose to the Cowboys. At this point, it's the only thing that matters. I don't care about any other individual player evaluation. I don't really care how Jacoby Brissett does. I already know what he is. He's a borderline backup slash starter and a solid dude. None of the player evaluation from this point forward is useful. I'm not saying the players won't be trying their hardest, but the season has gone totally wackadoo, and I just don't really believe you can trust much of anything that you see. Now, Rivera, for his part, I'm sure he wants more than anything else to win at least one, or ideally both of these last two games. Somebody pointed out to me that, assuming his head coaching career ends in 11 days, apparently he needs to, I think, win or tie at least one of these games to avoid finishing his career with an under 500 record as a head coach. I may have botched that slightly, but apparently the under versus over 500 thing is very much in jeopardy right now for him. I find that kind of funny. So listen, I don't begrudge him every effort to win the games. Like, of course, that's what he's trying to do. I'm not surprised. I'm not angry. It's not his job to be a good soldier and lay down. He's still fighting for his own reputation, and I don't blame him. But unfortunately, that basically makes Ron Rivera my enemy right now. His top goal is in direct opposition to my top desire, which is a top three pick in the draft, which they could either use on a blue chip quarterback prospect or as a trade chip to reach one or as a trade chip for a bunch more awesome picks. I will be super duper pissed if they win either of the last two games. And along those lines, I am most concerned that perhaps Dallas might not have anything to play for in week 18. So I'm not sure what kind of lineup the commanders will be facing in that one. But what we need in these two games, or at least in this upcoming game, as long as he's playing, is for Jacoby Brissett to revert back to what he is, throw some incompletions, settle for field goals, know your role, and let's just hurry up and get on with the house cleaning. 